Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a lovely couple. They've been together 17 years and married for 14. They are Katoya and Damon Sumner. So welcome, Katoya and Damon. Hey. Hello there. Thank you for having us on. Unfortunately, I'm sorry we don't sound as pleasant as Lynn. We're just, you know, (laughs) regular Americans. (laughs) Oh, Oh, bless you both. (laughs) off air we were talking about you know all things to do with relationships and and your areas of expertise having been together you know for as long as you have and having to navigate your relationship to keep it fresh to keep it healthy um you know and how communication plays a big part in that so can you give the audience a bit of a background about yourselves and what's led you to be doing what you're doing Mm, sure 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 um well yeah we have been um together for 17 years, married for 14. We uh, met in high school, um, had a text her senior year. We had one conversation uh, freshman year. Lynn, stop me when, if, I, if I open up the nutshell too much, but I'm just giving the backstory here. Um, we, we met freshman year. We did not talk at all, all the way to senior year, right? It's true. Did not talk at all. Two different types of people. And um, we got together on graduation. I guess you would call us college sweethearts. Is that a thing? Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely. <laughs> um, got married in college. Got married at 21 years old um, and started our life together. Um, what other important nuggets happened after that? Um, yeah, we've been married now for going on 14 years. And yeah. We have three beautiful children. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to say we're, we're, we're fighting the odds here, pretty mm. much being from... <laughs> Being such children to adults, every now and then we sit back, take a look at each other. I really do this. Mm. And I'm like, I can't believe like Mm. it's been all this time since we began. Um, As far as who we are, like that is our experience of life. Uh, We've lived our life, you know, honestly and openly together and alongside others. So our experience comes from our life's experience plus you know, what we've uh, just had the honor of sharing in life with others about. And I love that about us is that's just kind of, you know, we're, we're coming from um, our, our own um, experiences that we've experienced and uh, just love to share about that. Okay. So what do you think has been the most challenging thing that you've, neg- you've had to navigate, you know, throughout your relationship and you've managed to resolve? Hmm. Big question. Um, I think one thing that we, we we giggle about sometimes is the fact that marriage on paper really seems kind of crazy. Like two different peoples from two different worlds, two different backgrounds. And we're going to come together and be like, yeah, we'll figure this out. 
Um, and you know, there's this, there's this journey of learning and growing and living with a person and their habits and your routines and your systems and you know their preferences and all that together in a pot. You're like, yeah, well, I think we'll do this for 90 years. Sounds good. Let's try it. <laughs> and so, you know, there's this, there's this uh this joyful uphill battle of figuring out and growing together, becoming one. And I think that's a challenge, not just for us, but for any couple who's desiring to have a healthy relationship, who's desiring to grow together over time. You know, um, I mean, we've had so many highs and so many lows and so many of our lows and spats and arguments. You look back, you're like, well, that was dumb. That was kind of silly, you know, um, and sometimes it's about preferences. Sometimes it's about her doing things her way or me doing it my way. And so just continue to like navigate that journey growing together as a team, as a unit, I think um, is a is a joyful journey that, uh, you know, has its, had its fair share of challenges. Yeah, I love what you've just said there and, and calling referring to it as a joyful journey. So that that that's that's really sweet, Damon. So Katoya, anything to add to what he's just said? No, I I mean, I, I really agree with that. I, I love, I'm going back to reflection about it all because I have, um, I often need to reflect to remember, you know, and because you just live life every day and you kind of forget about those, the moments that you've had over time. And like recently we were just like, I was like, can you believe like, wow, do you remember that happened to us? Like, you know, and, and I think that's a testament that we've grown from each one. Like it just becomes a memory, those hard or difficult times where, you know, we've had the largest argument or the biggest disagreement or, whoa, you know, I think about like not being homeless, but we moved to Atlanta. We moved from Texas to Atlanta and uh, didn't know what we were doing at all. I mean, we were a hot 21, 22 years mm -hmm. old, <laughs> but, you know, just like crazy times of, you know, going from space to space and being pregnant and not knowing what, like just so many decisions and things that we've made that looking back on it, it's, it's, it's not old news, but it is. And it's important to remember those moments to realize that we've, you know, overcome so much and like, we can like reflect on it and then be joyful about it today, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love that you both referred to it as being a joyful thing. So uh, I think, you know, we can all have those perspectives, can't we, that we can choose to look at it as being a joyful experience, regardless of whether it's been the ups or the downs, or we can choose to look at it as being a negative emotion, whatever that might be, can't we? Right. And of course. Now, in the moment, Lynn, it's, it's not always joyful and beautiful. Not in the moment. <laughs> no, I get that. But as I reflect on it, I'm like, wow, that was crazy. But, you know, look at us now. You know, generally, that's the approach. And I think, like, if we can continue on for the next couple of years saying, look at us now after we face those harder challenges that may come because they're not over, um, then 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 we'll be good for it. And that's that's more of what we want to share with others. That's great. And so would you be prepared to share, you know, how you had your specific uh, conflicts in your relationship and how you've managed to overcome that? And just if you don't mind, be in a position to share an example for, you know, how you resolved it. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, conflict um, is something that, you know, we, we understand is an important part, not just of a relationship, but like of just life, like struggle, friction, tension. You're talking about in work. You're talking about, you know, trying to grow in your career, you know, your, your physical journey. Right. So there is an element of conflict that I don't think, you know, we feel that we have to run from. And so in our marriage, you know, if we come in level headed and we both come in with the right mindset of wanting to say, OK, there is tension. Right. Let's we both come in with the mindset to reconcile. Now, sometimes, like I just talked about, sometimes you'll come in with that that humble mentality. Sometimes you're like, oh, we bought the. Put your gloves on. We're going about. <laughs> so there's that reality. Um, and I think there's there's comfort in knowing that Katoy and I, we both more times than not want to reconcile. We want the conflict to be gone. We want to get back. And, and Katoy is better that has been better than me for 17 years of being quick to try to resolve the issue. Right. Um, now, if you're looking for specifics, you know, um, What's one of our last ones we talked about? You got some on your mind right there you're going to say? Mm-mm. Well, I was going to say. Go ahead, get in there too. I can also be quick to cause the, the conflict. Like I can present it very quickly, <laughs> but I'm also quick to resolve it too. But I, I don't I don't mind confrontation because mm-hmm. generally it's something that we need to resolve when mm-hmm. there is a problem. And, you know, an elephant in the room does no one any good or sweeping anything under the rug does no one any good. And a, a lot of times we can allow things to build hoping that it will transition or change on its own but mm-hmm. then you realize like this this deserves to be discussed right so i'm trying to think of an example that's like you know i feel like when we come on podcast you want the juice yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, I'll say that as we're thinking about juice there's one other thing about conflict that has been kind of a a foundational piece for us and it's kind of this some of the word besides philosophy i don't know but maybe we'll go with that so yeah. one of our philosophies that we've kind of worked around is there's two essentially right there's 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 this is a spectrum right that's a new word we've been using the last few years um but there's really two types of people in a relationship with conflict there's uh the shaker and then there's the dweller and so Katoy is a shaker and I'm a dweller and so um a dweller is someone when the conflict happens you're trying to dwell on it. You're not trying to reconcile quickly. You're not going to turn around and quickly talk about it. You're going to go to the, go by yourself and fester. You're going to think back. Oh, I should have said this. You're going to be in the shower replaying the conversation in your head. You're not. You're not trying to move on swiftly. You're going to sit in it, right? That's me, right? Katoya is a shaker, where she's like, even if she might occasionally bring it up quickly, she's ready to shake shake it off. She's ready. She wants to have a good day. She wants to be around. She's ready to talk about it. Let's iron it out. Let's get back to giggling and cuddling and chilling, right? And if not, she'll shake it off in, uh, individually, talk to her girlfriends, talk to her BFF, go play with the kids. Her day's gone. Meanwhile, I'm over here fuming, replaying the whole situation. <laughs> right? Now, of course, they'll, those are the, the, the extremes. Everybody kind of probably falls in that spectrum somewhere. Lynn, if I were going to ask you on the spot, which way would you lean more as a dweller or shaker? Well, I would say that, you know, my my thing is uh, explaining how masculine and feminine energy works. And I think generally speaking, women are the shakers, you know, that want to shake it off, get on with, you know, having a having a great day. And men are more likely to be the dwellers, <laughs> the mm-hmm. way you call it. But I refer to it, you know, they need to go into the cave and process it all. 
Okay. <laughs> the cavers, the cavemen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it is definitely, you know, a, a masculine and feminine thing, you know, um, that it, it's just uh, the traits of human nature. And um, generally speaking, you know, the, the man in the relationship is more likely to be the masculine dominant energy and the woman in the relationship is more likely to be the, the, the feminine energy in the relationship. And it's not always the case. But, you know, uh, certainly in opposite sex relationships, that's mostly the case. And um, for me, that, that's been my observation over the, the decades that I've observed my own experiences is that men, you know, need that extra time, I think, to, to just go and process. Whereas mm-hmm. women, you know, because we're um, more emotional and yeah. usually the way we heal is to talk about it we're more likely to, you know, get over it quickly because we you know if we can't talk about it with our man at the time, like you just said, Damon, you know, she'll go to her girlfriends and, you know, that's usually what our girlfriends are for most of the time is, you know, getting it off our chest <laughs> and being, that's the, what the feminine thing is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for us, once we like kind of picked up on that, like, again, throwing everything in a bucket, we're like, yeah, we'll figure this thing out coming from two different perspectives was challenging and hard and i think over time we really had to realize one respect and walk in understanding of our differences okay she's trying to move towards reconciliation faster right uh she's realizing i need a little more time to process and, and dwell and sit on things right there and so walking in an understanding definitely played a big part right because i you know at the beginning of our marriage it was like you know, I was trying to dwell for a long time. And she was like, Listen, I know. I've, been, I've been on the end of those uh, men that have been, the, you know, dwelling in their own stuff because they're all up in their heads. And as I yeah. say, men are more autonomous and they like to figure it out and process it and analyze it and then analyze it again. Whereas women aren't like that, you know, and we need to celebrate those differences and understand those differences. And this is what we don't get educated about, you know, either from our parents or in school. Do it. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So, and that's a journey. And so I think for us, that journey has really been helpful to figure that out. And now we're much more understanding. And then that also getting into expectations. She, she has expectations now of how, how, how I handle conflict and vice versa. And so then it, it really kind of limits a lot of the conflict in general. That's great. I love that. And I, I feel it's, you know, it's it's really helpful for women to understand that men do need that time out and that they do need that space because, you know, men aren't brought to share as women are and, and they're not necessarily they don't necessarily heal in the same way, you know, around conflict. They do need to sort of have that time and space, go into the caves or whatever you like to call it, uh, dwell <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, then, you know, they're fine after that. You know, and it's understanding that it's not necessarily um, about um, trying to move it on too quickly because it's about understanding that that's what he needs to do in that moment in order to do what's right from his own masculine energy point of view. How, how have you found that, Katoya? How do I find, like, kind of just giving him his space and... Yeah, I mean, have you learned that that's what's going on with, you know, in, in those conflict situations? Understood. 
Yeah, I mean, over time, definitely, I've just understood who he is and the time that is needed. And I've learned to respect that. And I think we've learned to respect it for each other. So I don't move him to quickly resolve, like as quickly as me. But, you know, 24 to 48 hours, we need to like, you know, get back on the same page. I think we've uh, established a decent time frame, you know, for us to resolve conflict you know, it's like, all right, how many days are we going to go? You know, and so we we yeah, literally more than two days is well overdue to me because we're still existing, you know. And like I said, we do have three beautiful children. We are working. We, you know, there's so much life to be lived together. So to live that in opposition for too long is just unhealthy and unhelpful for us. So I think that uh, we've come to terms to understand like, all right, I'll give you some time. And I understand that. And I think I'll give him time to process and to, you know, I've tried my best not to push him toward reconciliation, but really allow for him to do it. But often I will also like test the waters, poke it a little bit, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, we're good, you know, like just try to ease into the conversation to see if he's even willing to, you know, meet me at the discussion. And over all these years, like that generally is kind of how it happens. But when it does happen, it is like received well. And I know that it's like a time for us to move forward. But I also was thinking too about like, for us, every baseline of conflict has a theme, essentially. And I think the themes are what we see most prevalent, instead of thinking about the situations themselves. Because there's always an underlining baseline of a problem. And it just, de just depends what the circumstance is that brings on that brings about that rooted issue that's still there um or that gets tested so i damon is really good at giving examples but i think in this broader sense of oh yeah that's the under that's when maybe that's the pride situation or maybe this is where you know um you know testing motherhood or parental problems, you know, things like that. So I feel like a lot of our issues are underlining or have rooted in bigger, bigger things than the situations themselves. Um, I was just really trying to think about an example, but I went back to, oh, that's, that's a small situation, but it's always rooted in something bigger. Um, yeah, there's usually a bigger underlying cause and what, what brings it to the surface is probably something very menial in in you know when you reflect back on it you think well actually we argued about something that was really not worth arguing about but like you say there's usually a deeper rooted cause that's that's brought that to to light isn't that absolutely it's like an iceberg right <clears throat> yeah yeah definitely and um so do, do you ever sort of you know after he's had his couple of days in his cave so to speak that's rare. Let me just stop. Right there. <laughs> We're down to a couple of hours now. We are. Yeah. It just depends on the severity of the situation, right? Like how yeah. deeply are we hurt or how big of a situation or the worst is, is it unresolved, right? Because mm -hmm. the reality is we could bring it up, but we're not resolved yet because, you know, I feel 
just here recently, we have a tween entering teenage life and we both grew up very differently when it came into those teenage years. And so far in our parenting, we've been on the same page. Like it's been easy because we've been on the same page. And as we are approaching these teenage years and how we choose to want to handle that for our son, there has been tension and there has been disagreement and there has been unresolved decisions and discussions. And that part is probably the worst for me personally, because I can't shake something that's unresolved. I can, I I can, but I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's, let's wrap this up, you know? Um, And we're not really able to see the same perspective, but we just, we understand the perspective, but we're stuck moving forward in some areas. And I feel like that is really uh, a new area for us because we've been on the same page so much. You know, that's very interesting because I, I suppose, you know, it depends on the sex of your children as well. So, you know, you, you Damon might have obviously your own masculine way of what, what the way you feel it mean you know what it means to navigate your son through his teenage years and um you as a woman Katoya might have the same views I don't know if you've got a daughter that that might be in conflict with Damon when she goes through her teenage years as well so how how are you managing to resolve those differences so right now our children's ages are we have our oldest is our son and he is 12 and our girls are younger, so they're easier right now. <laughs> I know that the time's coming when they will not be easier. Um, but right now, we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> the hard times to come. Um, but but I, it's interesting um, because our son is probably more emotional and more vocal. Um, so he looks more like me in that sense. Would you agree or disagree? On the emotional side? Emotional and vocal. Like he needs, sure. he has to express more. And Damon is sure, not sure. as emotional nor as vocal. Sure. So I feel like I connect with him in some ways in that regard a lot more. But I think j- the same as Damon compliments that side of me, I think is really helpful for Damon to be the male that he is to our son. So I think we both have very unique roles in our son's life mm-hmm. and I can't say that one leans in more than the other but I think that might also be why we are we're in a weird space of moving forward mm-hmm. yeah um it is it is a exciting uh joyful journey we'll go back to that phrase uh as our son is uh you know continue to move uh in the next phase of his life and for us as a couple it has created you know important conflict for us to create new precedents right we've never had a uh quote-unquote tween so this is new area for us as parents and as a as a you know as a couple and so our communication you know has to continue to be strengthened in our in our 
um, our openness and our humility to come to things and really begin to, you know, again, because I go back to the fact that we grew up differently, you know, and um, the allowances that we had, the the um, opportunities that we had or didn't have, you know, our family styles and all those things play a part, you know, but at the end of the day, I think what's most important is that Petroy and I have the same end goal. And that is to be and to have the best and healthiest family and marriage that we can have. And so as long as that goal and that mindset stays the same, we'll figure it out. And so there's that relief and confidence we have and that faith, uh, not just in ourselves, but our faith in general, that plays a part in our decision making. So um, it is it is uh, it is exciting and intriguing to be in this phase, but uh, we, we are together in it. So that that's all good. So do you ever get to a stage where you can actually say to each other, you know what, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I do not like it. Like, and, and I, like, I, there's probably a moment when I'm over talking because then I'm frustrated, right? And I'm just like, what, what, what? I hate to feel that we are just seeing the world differently at times. Like, for two people who've kind of been on the same wavelength, when we reach those moments where we can't quite get there, it's like, I just, I'm gonna, I know that I'm gonna get a little exhausted, you know, from the the rounds of conversation that we're gonna have to work together to, to come to a decision. Uh, because it's really not something that we can just agree to disagree on when it's a bigger conflict, right? Mm. Um, like for right now, I'm keeping in line with our, our child. Like, you know, he's waiting for answers for things. Time is moving forward. I mean, like I said, when I sit and reflect, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I have like six years, four, five years with this kid before he's like 18 or, you know, and that's scary to me. And I don't know, time just seems like it's moving away from you. So, Sometimes there's an urgency to want to not, not agree to disagree, but we definitely uh, have to come to those, you know, impasse moments where it's just like, all right, well, today's not the day that we're reaching this final conversation. So, and we just have to pause and we have to move forward. Fortunately, our lives are busy enough <laughs> yeah. to be able to just, you know, say, well, We'll pick this back up later. Like dinner has to be made right now. You know, like you, you got to keep, you can't sit with it, but you do know you have to come back to it eventually. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they, 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 that can be an uncomfortable moments because you know that probably, um, you know, that, that neither of you have changed your opinion. <laughs> and you're probably <laughs> still, still not going to be in a position where you can fully agree, but you can at least respect each other's opinion on it. That's the main thing. Yeah. It's about like understanding. Hmm. Like, yeah, you, you, I don't agree with you, but I can understand where you're coming from. And I think as long as we can get there within a decent amount of time, then we can come back to knowing that we're not each other's enemies, that we're not out to get each other. And I know you were saying that, you know, earlier, like we're on the same page, mm -hmm. we're on the same team. And that that helps put us in a better mindset than like, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that compromise, I mean, that's just something that we feel every healthy relationship is going to have is compromise. It's, it's give and it's take. Like, 
I just, we just don't see how literally two different human beings with two different mindsets, two different, you know, saying just perspectives are going to always agree. I mean, it could be as simple, as simple as what do you want for dinner? <laughs> that could be, you know, yeah. 30, you know, Lynn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I want Thai, you want barbecue. And then we're like, what in the world? Um, so we're going to have everything. Um, and so <laughs> So just the, that the level of compromise where we both feel heard and respected and we both feel good about making a, a wise decision at the end of the day. That's great. So any other final words around conflict resolution that you can leave our listeners with, Damon and Katoya, around, you know, um, examples that you've experienced that you can pass on? Um, I think... Um, one, when you talk about conflict, uh, a couple things come to mind. One is timing. If you're going to get into a conversation that you feel might be weighty, you know, and you you know, it's like either, A, this is a new conversation, it might hit some, you know, rough roads, or it's an ongoing conversation. Timing plays a part. You know, it's important to, even we talk about, you know, especially with careers of being effective communicators, it's important to be effective communicators in our you know, relationships as well. And if somebody's sleepy or they just had a hard day or they just came in from traffic or whatever the case may be, that may not be the best time to bring up, you know, a hard conversation, you know, so kind of playing a part. Hey, you know, um, you know, want to, you know, maybe dinner's going, we're laughing a little bit, you know, you kind of try to transition. So timing plays a part. Um, and then also just like delivery, like kind of thinking about how you want to say things. Delivery plays a big part in, in many ways of how things are received, how things are perceived. Um, and so um, those just two things that come to mind, you know, for your listeners is when and the how. What about you? What do you think comes up when you think about conflict? That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just be adding to it to add yeah. to it. I agree with those. Yeah, I agree as well, because I, what I found, as I say, around the, the topics of me talking about masculine and feminine energy, which mm-hmm. everybody has, you know, masculine and feminine energy. It's just that usually what one person has more dominant energy than the other. And, uh, you know, and it's that, that polarization that creates the passion and the intimacy and attraction in a relationship. So what I've noticed, particularly about men, is that time and place is very important because they're more uh less or should I say not more but less able usually to multitask so that you know they and they usually need downtime after work you know so they have to have about 30 minutes where they're just chilling winding down so like you said Damon you know not not necessarily a good time even though they're in a wind down period of time after they've just got back from work to necessarily approach a difficult conversation because they still need that that time and space to actually do the unwinding but you know from that point onwards is uh, just, you know, just saying to, to my partner, you know, you know, love, we, we need to talk about this when would be a good time. And, um, you know, knowing that he's not that person that's going to be able to juggle multiple things at once, even if it's just in a space where he's winding down, so to speak. Yeah, that, that timing plays a big part. I mean, we, yeah, we, um, you know, many times we will say, hey, you know, we've got a few conversations we need to have just to kind of like prep, just to kind of prime the day, the mindset. Um, and then also like we're coming in like at least mentally ready to a degree. Like if you it's one way, in my opinion, to to kind of 
catch somebody off guard with a conversation and they're like, whoa, where did this come from? Whereas it's like, all right, today after lunch, babe, we're going to let's talk about the budget, you know, and, yes. you know, let's talk about, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, OK, we both can at least kind of be primed a little bit for that. So that can at least maybe ease some of the, the tension in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. you also mentioned the how, you know, and, and not to approach it in an aggressive tone of voice. I think tonality of voice can make a big difference. So, you know, um, you know, just approaching that that topic in a soft tone of voice can make a difference to how uh, comfortable or uncomfortable your partner's going to feel able to speak about it later on. Absolutely. Um, I think even though, like, I think it's about knowing your, your partner, like, you know, I know coming in and joking a little bit is a little helpful or, you know, sometimes it's a preparation conversation. Like, Hey, we need to talk about it. And sometimes it's like, Hey, yesterday, like, you know, like it, it, it's all about, you know, I think there's a level mm. to the conflict, right. Mm. And there's a level to how to resolve it whether it's lighthearted, whether it's a sit down long conversation, whether it's even sitting with a counselor, discuss this in deeper with a third party, you know? So I think it just depends on how long the conflict is going on, how heavy it weighs on one person's heart or, you know, uh, so many different factors, but how you approach it, depending on you understanding and knowing the best way for your spouse to receive it, uh, so that you all can work to a respectable, amicable, you know, uh, agreement, understanding is really key. I, I absolutely 100% agree with that. One of the tips that I learned, and this was from John Gray, who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, was, you know, for to say um, that something's not going to be a big deal, you know, that you're going to be talking about. And, you know, your, your man is probably going to think, I know it is a big deal because, you know, I was an hour late coming home and, you know, the the, the meal got spoiled that she cooked for me sort of side. It was the um, scenario we gave. And he knew that, you know, his wife had put a lot of time and effort into preparing this meal and he was late home. He didn't let her know. And um, but she says he said rather that uh, she said um, it's not a big deal. And that, you know, before she actually talked to him about it and that immediately put him at ease and peace around having the conversation around it, even though he did know it was a big deal to her. Mm -hmm. Someone knew someone. They knew how to <laughs> <laughs> exactly the way to try to you ease in there. Yeah, that sure. is very important. For sure. OK, so. For the benefit of our listeners, Katoya and Damon, what is your best contact information for anybody that would like to reach out? Uh, probably Instagram. Um, we're on Instagram. Um, you can find us there. It is uh, Sum It Up Sumners. That's S-U-M, Sum It Up Sumners. Sumners is S-U-M-N. E-R-S, Sum It Up, Sumners. And so that's our podcast um, uh, to handle over there on Instagram. You can find us and have the conversation keep going. Excellent. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and, and being, you know, so open to be sharing your own personal experiences on the podcast today. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you all for listening. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so it just leaves me to say, listeners, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.